I'm hearing plip plips. Uh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I'm under a tree. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna move. All right. <laughs> back the car up a little ways. Yeah. Keep recording. This is good. This is a uh, that's good intro material. <laughs> Where does the car go? Yeah. Fish. Swine. How's it going? It's going okay. Excellent. <laughs> uh, Got more r- rainy rain here. It's been raining solid for almost solid for uh, several days. I saw you were going to get it. Our rain was very light and overnight. Oh, can I rain more? <laughs> Making the streets shiny bright. <laughs> yeah, oh, you guys got a bunch of snow and sleet and snow. <laughs> we got a little tiny bit of snow after the main fall. There's those several days, two or three days, maybe three days where yeah. it fell heavily. Mm-hmm. Then it was the sleet. I, did, I mentioned that on the show, but since then it's been a very light rain and very occasional rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are still there are still piles of snow around. It's nasty, uh, asphalty, dirty snow, yeah. but, but yep. snow nonetheless out mm-hmm. there still has not melted away. Uh, I'm uh, I'm just not used to that type of thing in California. If it lasted more than a day, it was just because it was still overcast and cold. But once the sun comes out, boom, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Now there are there are entire sides of buildings that still have a patch of snow along the side. It's mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, and all the Easterners and well, now right now the people in Texas are like, "Boo hoo! Mm. Take your weird and shove it in the sack, Mister." <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a terrible situation there. Yeah, well, we have some family there, mm-hmm. various parts of Texas. So hope they're okay. Yeah, it'll go so. soon enough. It'll it will happen. And mm-hmm. then the rain again. Um, yep. Happy to see that. Speaking of happy to see things, mm-hmm. it's just called Two Brothers. Are we happy to see it or to hear it? I can see it in my mind's eye. Okay. In my mind's ear. Fair enough. Uh, I would be Marcus. I actually am James. <laughs> Not only would I be, I am. And you sure. would be... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you are. <laughs> yes. Hi, here to see Mr. Clark. Okay, and you are. Uh, Michael Tassoni. Right, right, and this is regarding. Well, Mr. Clark is buying a few custom-made suits from our company, and he told me to stop by today and take some measurements. Okay, and you have an appointment, or? Oh uh, no, not really. I, I just... Okay, great. If you could just have a seat. Yeah, but he. Thanks. Hey, it's time for the Rural Report. Mm. Okay. The neighbor called up. Hadn't talked to him ever before. <laughs> uh, I've talked so to his girlfriend. Long, it was actually never. <laughs> <laughs> I've talked to his girlfriend numerous times. She's been uh, over and uh, dropped off some veggies and from her garden. Mm-hmm. And you know, we, we've um, we've talked to her as the you know sort of the welcome wagon right. person for the neighborhood a few times. And yeah. over the uh, what is it three years now? Mm-hmm. And the, the neighborly obligations for sure. Yeah, 
Anyway, I uh, got a call and said, hey, this is your, your neighbor. He said, insert name here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw a fox that's trying to get into your yard, mm. and it was trying to go through the fence on the backside of your barn. <laughs> So, between our places. So, I just wanted to let you know to be careful of your chickens. Because mm-hmm. it is out and about. He said, uh, if it goes after our chickens, well, that'll be the last of it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's three fences between their place and our chickens. So, they were pretty well secured. Why three? Uh, oh, well, you well, have we've got our an property, extra one. Right. You have property fence. We've plus... got our property fence. And then there's the outer chicken yard. Right. And then their inner area where their coop is. And then the coop itself, they, it has a locking door. Right. So I locked them away. For some reason, I had it in my mind that your neighbor had three fences mm. between <laughs> between their main area and you. At first, you got your razor wire, <laughs> and then you got your electrified. And then <laughs> Actually, they do have an electrified fence between us well, don't because they have- of our uh, cows and yaks. Okay, yeah. You have the electric fence. Yeah, mm-hmm. they should. Now that I think about it, their their bull escapes. Oh yeah, that's right. That's that every is once true. in a while. That so, is true. Yeah, hasn't been out since the last time we did a rural report, I think. Yeah. But uh, yeah, every once in a while we hear a, a, a plaintive moo <laughs> <laughs> echoing across the valley. <laughs> so ah, you farmers. <laughs> well, let's go into correction corner. Mm. And last week you were talking about some instruments, one of which was mentioned as a marimba. <laughs> but the percussion instrument that is like a xylophone is called a marimba. That's true. I should know that well enough <laughs> to say it that way. There was something about, I guess, all the French I took. It just makes me want to want to oh, perceive it as change ma- the I- 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 marimba. It may be in French. Well. <laughs> so a xylophone, the bars are more say blocky hmm. whereas a marimba the the bars are usually wider mm-hmm. and thinner hmm. so they ring more is is that the is that the only difference it's a it's a size and scale thing yeah huh. basically wow. mm-hmm. interesting yeah the the xylophone is designed to give a sort of a sharper quicker sound mm-hmm. and the marimba is a, a more sustained sound and explain the the vibes listed on many jazz vibes are are metal mm-hmm. bars and they have they have a damper pedal, so you can push it, and it'll uh, allow some sustain. Mm-hmm. And then usually they'll have the the vibes part, the vibraphone. Yeah, um, has a little switch that you can flip, and it's electrified, uh, sort of a butterfly. It's not a valve exactly. Mm. What is it? A butterfly flap mm. on a axle, right? And it'll rotate those inside the tubes, mm-hmm. so it'll give a wah 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 yeah. effect. A, a little like a Celeste sound. speaker doesn't yeah, doesn't okay. change. Mm-hmm pitch really but yeah. it it feels like it fulfills the same function it moves the sound mm-hmm. in a regular repeated way like 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 tremolo right and sometimes they'll have a uh, a dial where you can speed up or slow down the um, the vibration as well oh i didn't know that that's cool yeah. all right mm-hmm. i guess that would make sense and uh thinking about some of those jazz albums cool i stand corrected there now you know the majority of the barred percussion instruments, <laughs> barred mallet instruments. Oh, we only left out glockenspiel. 
I was going to mention Glockenspiel, <laughs> also known as Orchestra Bells. Glockenspiel, yeah. yeah. Staple <laughs> of marching bands everywhere. <laughs> well, not everywhere. <laughs> Traditionally. But, uh, yes. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know. I guess you want a little high-end tone sometimes. Uh, that was Yeah, a little sparkle. When I was listening back to last week's show, it, that hit me about uh, the Zappa orchestral things, was the the variety of timbres and tones that he he just threw in there mm-hmm. uh, to to parallel the uh the the other instruments underneath a lot of a lot of instruments playing the same rhythms uh mm-hmm. sometimes the same notes sometimes in unison uh, an octave yeah. above or below maybe right. but just it, it gives it a strange sparkle on top of maybe a complex melody line to have uh, a glockenspiel or a uh, i don't know what else it would be that's probably what it is well it, it, glockenspiel is more the marching uh-huh. um sort of lyre shaped right uh item carry but uh, you'd, one you'd call yeah you'd call them orchestra bells okay. now it's just like a kind of a miniature xylophone mm-hmm. but uh metal which we metal bars. we had that in our band room in tucson is that correct oh our yeah school band mm-hmm. okay we did have Certainly. a set all right that is a staple mm-hmm. of an appropriately equipped band room right not as rich a, a sound, but very tough as a percussion instrument, so you could let kids bang on it. Yeah, yeah, those bars are pretty solid. Mm. Solid steel. Mm. But over, I don't know, some woodwind, some flutes. Over flute lines, he liked to, he liked to put those sorts of sounds. The, the mm-hmm. tinkly, sparkly, met- metallic things over top. Yeah, I, I picture, okay, now, uh, what do we got to choose from? You know, <laughs> like, mm. either had a dictionary of percussion instruments, or he just went to the to the studio or the uh, or an orchestra hall and mm-hmm. went into the toy room and ooh yeah <laughs> what does this sound like right. you know, played for a while and said yeah let's add this stuff he was a very observant person uh, he yeah. having done that avant-garde thing on the Steve Allen show <laughs> where mm-hmm. he played bicycle <laughs> just always I think looking for new new sounds new types of uh, of color to the yeah. music mm-hmm. speaking of which. Um, I saw a, a video got served up on YouTube to me about um, some guy who creates his own instruments out of PVC, mm. all kinds of flutes on the wall behind him. And um, was, then he was creating a, uh, I think he called it a finger pop xylophone. I saw um, that. I did see that. Did yes. It's been making the rounds, I guess. Uh, well, we, we, <laughs> uh, we're both on a French Reddit enough that it serves up similar things. Oh, okay. Maybe that's pretty sure that's where it was. Okay. Maybe I just watched it on YouTube. Oh, that's also possible. It would, uh, yeah, could have been in my recommended videos as well. Yeah, that's true. I did e- see. Well, a either that or what I'm saying is, if it was on Reddit, mm-hmm. if it's a YouTube thing, I'll try and open it in YouTube instead of watching it, you know, in the Reddit app. I see. Um, because then I can go full screen or mm-hmm. change the speeds if I want. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So he had a little his little uh, what was it four and a half octave finger pop. I, I didn't see any. I didn't see anything with it working. I didn't see a video, and I didn't hear. Oh, any you didn't sound. stay till the end. I just saw a still image. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, in that case, we'll insert clip because hmm. it's, he said once he got it built, the only song that he could most appropriate song he could think of had to be popcorn. The instrument is down four octaves and a half. I see only one cover for a first track with this instrument.
some of these got um he didn't play it live he used it more like a um sampler you know so it was okay. just like one clip of each note montaged into the video right do you know the the uh harrison what's the weekend song that the dude recreated with breaks uh blinding lights blinding lights i think that's right uh you haven't seen that i don't know that uh, he's playing bricks <laughs> well the there's a very popular song by the the artist the weekend yeah and not a fan of the name his, his music's okay <laughs> it's often very good i think um, invariably full of hooks. Mm-hmm. So it snags my ear when I hear several yep. tunes, whether I, whether I stay with it or not, whether I you know, want to hear it again or not, it still grabs me a lot of times. So he got, he's got something, he's got his, his fingers on the button, <laughs> the hit <laughs> button. I don't know. Yeah. But because that song was a hit and it was COVID lockdown, there were a lot of larger projects that some musicians did. Um, with strange mm-hmm. arrangements of stuff, stuff they just had yeah. around the house. And for this right. one, he was trying to just do something unusual. And so he recreated that song with the bricks and a couple of metal pieces. Uh, well, all with bricks involved, but I think a couple of times, what did he do? Oh, he threw them against other bricks to make a, a banging clink clanking sound and then i think he threw them against a chair something or a barrel or something maybe it's a barrel to make a a boom or a bang a, a percussive sound so all involving bricks like he he drilled through one to make uh, a a very crude proto flute <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. um so you i'll uh, yeah i'll i'll link you But the video itself is as good as hearing the song because it's all chopped up, edited clips of the individual sample sounds. Mm-hmm. All right, and cool. I, just to just to make a note, in 1971, Popcorn was recorded by Gerson Kingley's band First Moog Quartet. Mm-hmm. That was the version that hit most successfully in the charts. And then in 1972, Stan Free, a fellow member of the First Moog Quartet, re- re-recorded Popcorn 
with his band Hot Butter, this is from the wiki, from the album Hot Butter, and this version became the second primarily electronic-based piece of music to reach the charts after The Minotaur by Dick Hyman and his electric eclectics. <laughs> Dick Hyman. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a second a second version, and there was uh-huh. a third and other versions later. But yeah, okay. but yeah, originally Music to Moog by, composed by Gershon Kingsley. Interesting. In, in 1969. Wow. I'm sure I heard it much later than that, uh, or noticed it much later than that. Maybe I want to say eight or nine years later. Wow. You would have been you would have been an infant when it first came out. So you yeah, wouldn't have known. I reckon so. There's a version that Aphex Twin did. And that's very yeah. close to the uh-huh. thing. So that's, we thought that was funny at the time. I thought it was especially funny yeah. because I knew the first one from who who knows various weird TV yeah, way, way things mm-hmm. where they would just stick it in for a minute mm-hmm. well how do we get here where are we going <laughs> i know that wasn't even actually <laughs> no. i guess that turned into my music share okay right. <laughs> so you have one i do have a music share let's just say i love matthew sweet i say this a lot i love so and so i really really mm-hmm. do though uh i discovered him in 1993 hmm. uh when when the album girlfriend came out with mm-hmm. the Tuesday Wells on the cover. That song was pretty much a hit for him. Yeah, I think we can safely say that. And it boosted the sales of the album. And then he gradually fell out of favor with the the listening public. Uh, the second album did pretty well. Third album, not as well. And then on down for mm-hmm. subsequent albums. But he always had a core uh, fan base of diehards. Sure. And I am among them. I I always bought everything that he put out when he released it. And he kept making music and kept experimenting with his sound. Did a series of cover tunes with Susanna Hoffs from the band The Bangles. Hmm. The, the bass player. Did she play bass? I think she played bass. Right. Um, no. No, she was guitar. Sorry. But, uh, right. but most known for being the singer of uh, several of the hits like Manic Monday mm-hmm. and oh, what was the other one that she did? Close your like eyes, lend me your hand. No, they all, they took turns doing verses in that. Mm. Do you feel my heart beating? Do you understand? Just be listening. Am I only dreaming? Eternal flame. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That's good. You, you, you had a, uh, a Cartman moment to uh, jump sail away. <laughs> hey, I'm <sailing> away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's the only thing that works. Yep. <laughs> so, so she, she and he, I don't know how they're friends, but they share a love of a certain kind of of music, Motown era, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun pop songs, and they covered a bunch of them over three, I want to say, successive uh, successive volumes. Wow, lots okay. of fun. And I didn't know what he was going to do, and he ended up making something really amazing post lockdown. And because of that, he did everything himself on this album or just about, uh, mm. including playing, playing lead guitar, which he, yeah. he has historically left to other musicians, Richard Lloyd and Richard, the two Richards, Richard and Robert, Robert Quine. And I think Richard Lloyd, there you go. The two R's. Hey, what do you know about that? We have cousins, Richard and Robert. That's Robert true. Richard. 
So they are, those are two well-regarded lead guitar players. And uh, I, I did tend to miss them on the, the middle period of Matthew Sweet's stuff when they weren't on it. But he proves himself to be a very capable lead guitar player. And it draws on his previous guitarists. So I, I think he was heavily influenced by those players. Uh, but I think also he is able to to do exactly what he wants to do on the albums. So mm. previously it might have felt a little too aggressive sometimes, a little too wild mm. for the song that it was that it was in. Not that that's bad, just that it, it meshes much better, I think, on this album than, than in previous ones uh, sometimes. It, or consistently. It's a little, yeah, it's a little spaghetti western <laughs> era. Mm. To, it just struck me, you know, when I initially heard it. Just the mm. tone, that is. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Several times on the album, he, uh, and, and I should mention, I, I, I've listened to this one more than any since, wow, mm. maybe his third album since a hundred percent fun. I haven't listened to an album this much in a row at this many days. I, I, I keep going back to it and wanting to hear more. Um, this album being cat's paw cat's paw. That's right. And the song being Best of Me. Uh, several times on this album, he surprises me with his chord choice. So it'll be a, a commonly known, a, a familiar, do I want to say structure? Like a one, sure. four, five yeah. type mm-hmm. of thing. Is that structure? Yeah. Uh, song, song-wise, you know. Mm-hmm. And he'll he'll start off in a familiar, popular music format and then change it up on me. <laughs> he'll mm-hmm. drop a chord there that I totally wasn't expecting. And the first mm-hmm. time I heard this song, there is one of those in there where he doesn't do the the thing I expect. Yeah. What if the future... When he does that little minor shift, I'm com- I was completely unprepared for that change. And it, uh, it was a, a second listen, or it was maybe the second verse, before I could hear it properly because it sounded wrong. It sounded like like a yeah. miss a, mm-hmm. a, a bum note and uh i was really <laughs> bowled over i think <laughs> by that level of musicianship that level of songwriting cleverness i, I yes I enjoyed sometimes it. i notice in listening to older groups mm-hmm. like classic rock era groups and i hear some other chord and it's like that's really just something they did. <laughs> they just discovered that chord and mm-hmm. needed to put it in there, you know, otherwise yeah. they just have the three. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but, uh, but sometimes, yeah, these, these things, they'll strike you. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> what a clever turn of phrase. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Harmonic phrase. Yeah. And what it, an interesting cadence. <laughs> <laughs> I, was su- I was not I, expecting that. I love being surprised and delighted and, yeah. and hearing the unexpected from someone that I, that I am so familiar with. Yeah. That's, uh, that's my, that's probably my favorite thing is hearing the artists. I love continue to grow. I, mm-hmm. I admired and respected that about rush. I didn't always like the thing that they did as much as the last thing or the next thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I loved that. They always stretched that they always tried to evolve and change and improve. But, uh, back to Matthew sweet, <laughs> I very much enjoyed the whole album, and uh, it was hard to pick one, but because this one has that weird twist in it, it's just fun.
is better off without What if my fear says all there is to say about the rest of me? Excellent. It was a good one there. <laughs> I expect a 10-minute Raw Show pre-clip <laughs> to come out okay. of this mess. <laughs> okay. Hey, if you've got a mess, you can send <laughs> us an email, and you can send it to bros at itsjustcalledtwobrothers.com. We can at least sympathize. Uh, and if you if you tweet, you can tweet at us at IJC2B. You can send us that email in all emojis if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Do a do a Carrie Fisher for us. There's no emoticon for what I'm feeling. <laughs> I just saw that somewhere. I've been letting it play in the background. That's that's kind of background noise sometimes. Uh-huh. So I am struck again <laughs> the the fact that season seven is not the brilliant golden era season I thought it was. Hmm. Uh, like honestly, three through six are almost can do no wrong. I. Yeah. There are several in seven that are iffy at best <laughs> as classic episodes. So, in other words, no, not particularly better than season eight, I think. Season mm-hmm. seven. There's a lot in there. I thought that was where it broke down for me, but nope. It was after 10. Yeah.